Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And this week we're taking a deeper dive into 2 Kings 22 and 23, which talks about King Josiah's reforms. Now, Pastor Dina, first of all, I don't know how many people have actually made it to 2 Kings, mm. or, uh, let alone 1 Kings yeah. or some of those areas. But, but we're now deep into some of these Old Testament themes, and perhaps many haven't even heard of King Josiah. Um, Certainly, if you have heard uh, much about these kings, you're probably like me and you have trouble keeping now who was northern, who was southern, who was good. For Pro- sure. Probably not many, so they were probably yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, just assume they're evil. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yet, I mean, it's in scripture. So so how have you seen God's grace highlighted in ways that you just can't get through, like the, 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 like the big passages, the popular pra- passages? The, the uh, you know, the gospel, the, the well-known gospel passages or the, the stories about Moses or Noah or, you know. Well, I think when we really dig in, we get a, a more full picture of who God is. We don't just see the highlights, the happy times, the, the miracles, but we really get a much fuller picture of just how sinful Israel was and just how gracious God is. And, you know, as I think it's like, it's like the social media of today. If you just looked at someone's social media highlights, you'd have a very different picture than if you really dug into their whole story and saw the effort it took to get to some of the victories and the the struggles and the disappointments along the way and the questions and, and the whole spectrum of human existence. And I think as we dig into these less fun passages, less warm and cuddly passages. <laughs> Ultimately, they lead us into seeing the the depth and the richness of of God's grace and mercy and and justice and and even wrath a little bit, which is an uncomfortable thing to mm-hmm. think about and yet Come on, it's it, Advent. Why are we talking about wrath? Yeah. Um and yet such an important part of of realizing who God is and who who God created us to be and the relationship that we're called into. And so I think just like as you as you read any story, if as you experience any story, you have to endure the the difficult hard things for for the happy ending to make sense. You know, otherwise mm. it's it's surface and it's cheesy and and doesn't make an impact the way that that knowing the whole story can so so some of these stories you know josiah and and even hearing some about manasseh uh, i referenced uh, his gra- uh, josiah's grandfather manasseh in this and some of the lesser known things hosea and so on you're saying it paints a kind of a more of a 3d picture than yeah yeah i mean if 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 god is just a happy god who you know destroyed things with a flood once but then gave us the rainbow and promised to never do it again and then we took a prozac yeah (laughs) you know then we fast forward to to the leading the people out of egypt and you know all these incredible blessings that god has given along the way you know abraham the covenant with abraham came true we don't really have a sense of of what it cost god in a lot of ways because while god has that merciful loving kind gracious side it's it's balanced with with justice and a need for things to be right and holy and you know you you drew that out a bit in the summer or in the sermon saying like we don't we don't want a god who's not just because that either leads us to a god who's completely arbitrary and just does things willy-nilly or a god who's just so innocuous that there's no power or love at all yeah it's it's yeah you, you use the word before we start recording permissive mm-hmm. um and just, oh yeah just so everyone has a good time it's all yeah. right and, i think the phrase you used in the sermon was you know a god who gives good life hacks that just kind of you know <laughs> did i say that that's what i wrote down oh, so wow. i'm assuming you know we desire uh, yeah, oh yeah i do vaguely remember saying yeah that. um which i mean yeah i mean we just we want 
hopefully, you know, our desire as Christians is a life that is more than just surviving this life with as, as minimal effort and pain as possible. It's, it's a depth and a richness and a love and understanding of, of who God was, our relationship with God, and then how that plays itself out in our relationships with others that, that you can't get if, if you just have a benign grandfather in the sky, you know, or genie in the sky is how I often think Mm. about it, you know, there to grant my wishes and answer my prayers when I give my list of heal this person, do that thing. And Hey, can you not make it rain on Saturday? Cause I have a picnic to go to kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's such a, a depth to the character of God. And as hard as some of these passages are to reckon with, because they do remind us that we don't, measure up that we are not that god is holy and just and merciful and we are not any of those things um on a day-to-day basis and we seem we seem to have a we seem to have a drive towards the opposite yeah yeah um that that hopefully it's a it's a good and humbling thing to to really dig into these passages i think you know in my life like you you know it's hard to keep the kings straight it's hard to keep the history straight and there is such a detail that that it can make me kind of stay away from them and so many of these passages mm. later are are written in in poetry and in visions and in a way that that isn't the story that we're drawn to in the new testament though know, the way that's written but this time of year especially is always a good reminder to to pause here to to pay attention to hear the story for what they were going through and and to recognize you know as you said you know Josiah is not the most quoted king i mean he probably should <laughs> be he you know yeah, he, he did better than any of the rest of them yeah. including david who was known as a king after god's own heart yeah um, you know and it, it, we only get a couple chapters of his story but he sounds like he did more for the the kingdom of israel and their relationship with god than most if not all of the other kings i mean yeah um, Uh, hezekiah um gets a a good rap uh and these are all southern kings hezekiah joash yeah um gets a it gets a and there are some others but but Josiah's well he even the scripture even says there wasn't a king before before him um basically since David or after him that was like Josiah yeah and I know in a different conversation we had mentioned that as they celebrated the Passover the scripture even remarks that there had not been a celebration of the Passover like that in you know in the history of oh that's what it was yeah yeah that um you gotta wonder what that was like yeah yeah um, so, so it's important to, to recognize, to, to spend time in the story of some of these characters of these Kings, of these prophets, you know, as we move into the, the prophets a bit more to really, again, understand what, what Israel was going through and, and what they must've been experiencing and how the inbreaking of of the coming Messiah must have changed their life in a way that we, we still even reading it, even studying it can't fully wrap our minds around. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that's a, I, I really enjoy that response because I mean, it's it, it, from the preaching angle that can get to the point of like, I, I, I felt the, what other people have felt in the narrative lectionary was like, okay, this is getting depressing now. Yeah. Like, and how can I say this same thing yeah. again? Yes. Okay, folks, we suck. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. I boil the sermon down to that. Have a good week. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when we talked about this particular passage, you know, the my, my main idea was that God's grace interrupts God's wrath. And you had a, you had a very uh, particular line that you hung on to in this yeah and i think you felt very strongly about it was towards the end of the sermon but you made the comment that god was just looking for an opportunity to show mercy and that is so far from how we ordinarily at least how i ordinarily 
it, at least in my subconscious, think about God. And and in conversations, it, it seems like we're always waiting for God to to smite us, waiting for God <laughs> to to say, oh, you messed that up. You know, we, we kind of, like I, I liken it to a teacher who's just waiting for someone to talk out of turn so that he or she can, you know, punish the Make whole class. Make an example. Um, and... Not and, that I ever would have done anything yeah. like that. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, but to to consciously think of God as longing to show mercy, as just waiting for a chance to to be gracious, kind of really spins all that on its head. And it, it takes a lot of work, at least in my brain, to to consciously remember that. Like we don't we don't serve a God who's just waiting for us to mess up so that we can be reminded again how sinful we are, but but a God who's just longing to lavish us with with grace and mercy and love, not but not in a way that that discounts the justice, right. but in a way that that God settled that for us, that that we no longer have to measure up because God took care of both the justice and the mercy all in the person of Jesus. Um, you know, and I know when we were talking about this before, to me, it takes the same mental work. It's kind of the same mental work as, as assuming the best in other people. And it's instead of assuming the worst, mm. uh, assuming that they didn't mean to offend you. And in, instead of assuming that they did assuming, not immediately assuming that somebody whispering is talking negatively about yeah. you, but you know, all these things that, that just, again, seem to come, so naturally and and you see it you see it in youth that you work with well that teacher hates me well are you sure like how you're kind of as just like we picture the teacher waiting for a chance to Mm. to make an example or punish the whole class you know we we look at the teacher and say see proof you know the the fact that i they gave me a a d on this test that's proof that they don't like me you know we we don't assume the best of each other and we don't assume the best of God either. And so what, how might it change our, our faith if we, if we pictured a God who was just longing to show mercy and grace and, and blessing, not necessarily in the material form, but yeah, yeah, um, not health and wealth, but just longing to, to bless us and, and remind us that we're cherished and loved. You, you had drawn that out a bit that, that it it's really, Satan in the presence of evil that keeps reminding us that we're not worthy, that we're not loved, but that ignores the second part of that truth because that is true. I mean, we are not mm. holy, yeah. Um, but it's the Holy Spirit that says, "Come in anyway. I love you anyway. Mm. I've, I, in fact, I love you so much that that I've come up to it with a solution to this problem." Yeah, that's a. I mean, we we tend to think of of evil as like outright evil, like mm-hmm. terrible, dirty lies that like no one would believe or anything. Whereas you know, evil evil often is is the truth just in part. Yeah. Um, and so you know, you're a sinner. You know, God couldn't. You know, God can't stand the the way you act and mm-hmm. and so on and so forth where it's like well at a certain level that's true and and wow yeah if it's a if god is holy and uh, yeah i must look pretty repulsive to god yeah um but it doesn't tell the the other half of the story that that uh as a result of god's great love for us that he found a way yeah it, you had said during the sermon it's it's our admission of sin it's our it's our assent to that truth that we are not worthy and we're not good enough where where god's grace overflows that's where god's able to show grace when we when we get to that part but but evil and sin and satan doesn't want us to get to that part of the story they want you know sin wants us to get stuck in that i'm not worthy kind of mindset and and it, it's easy to be there. I mean, it's easy. And, and yeah. the church kind of reinforces that, that in that the church, and I don't, I don't mean our particular church. I think this is a, a, a worldwide church problem. Yeah. Universal. We're not, 
we're not so good at dealing with the mess of people's lives that we yeah. say, you know, come in once you get it under control and get it, you know, once it's a, once it's the past part of your story, but if you're still in the mess, we're not sure you belong here because your mess might get on us and we don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or we might have to expend energy or effort or, you know, you know, take care of your own things. Yeah. So that we can all then just work together on something else. Yeah. In a way, it seems like as a church, it's easy to fall into the trap of, well, I'm not going to put in the effort if if you're just still going to be in this situation when we're done. Like if yeah. you're not going to rise up out of poverty or out of addiction or out of whatever problems you find yourself in, you know, if, if, if my effort's not going to make a difference in your life, then why should I even try? Which flies in the face of the incarnation because, I mean, right. the, the number of people who look at Jesus and are like, mm. mm-hmm. you know, and yet he still died for them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why should we expect any different? Yeah. And you had mentioned as we were getting ready for this podcast, you know, Josiah is lifted up as the hero of this story that God sees how faithful God, how faithful Josiah is and delays the punishment that's coming to Israel. But man, does it take a lot of time and effort and work to tear down those idols and, and the, the passage doesn't give us a lot of time, but you had mentioned that you know Josiah went all over the the country, tearing things mm-hmm. down, even places that that no one would have blamed him if he had not gone. Yeah, and and the effort that it takes to to get those things out, and I'm sure in in places, I mean, because it's not as a, as if all of Israel woke up overnight and said, "Oh yeah, we've been doing this wrong." So I'm sure as <laughs> as he tore things down and walked away people were building them back up or building new things and and well and there were the 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 priests of the foreign gods that would have been like oh no 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 yeah not gonna do that or you know go ahead tear it down but we've got a a load of construction materials in the back we'll just build it back up better after you're (laughs) gone um yeah it it was a um it did take effort. Josiah spent a number of years crisscrossing the country. He he spent a number of years uh, traveling to to tear down the idols and to to purify the land. And you know that that's a that takes an effort because you know Josiah could have just been like, okay, we're going to clear out the temple, mm-hmm. but you know what? Just ignore the stuff that's in the land. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't need to clear it out. We can we can just leave it and turn our just turn our a blind eye to it. Right. Yeah. As long as the temple's okay, then then everything will be okay. Yeah. And and but he he recognized the the active danger that it it posed because obviously the people had been led astray. It was it was actively car- causing harm to have these these problems in the way, and so he knew that they needed to be dealt with and. And how telling that is on the way that our lives are, because we, you know, each of us has things that, that there are things that we can deal with that we're around and it doesn't affect us. But, but there are things that actively draw us away from God or from, um, holiness or, which, you know, I realize is, is kind of the same thing, Yeah. but, but there are things that actively pull us away. Um, you know, and we think about the big things first, you know, drugs, yeah, drugs, alcohol, sex are the big, the big three that we might talk about, but it can be other things. I'm sitting here twiddling my fingers on my iPhone. Yeah. Um, screen time, um, overeating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd made the comment before, if, if you're trying to, to be more mindful and healthier about your eating, then that probably means you shouldn't even buy the Oreos. Like you shouldn't bring them into the house. If, if you're serious about controlling your spending, then cut up the credit cards, get yeah. them out of the way. But, but again, th- that takes work and effort and thought and, yeah. and discipline in a way that, that Josiah was showing, but, but it's really hard to, to actually do. And it's painful. Yeah. Because it requires a, a it, like, it, uh, I think actually you bring up credit cards is a great, is a great example because like if the the number one thing you can do to cut spending 
is to not use a debit card, not use any form of pa- plastic, but mm-hmm. pay in cash. Yeah. But that takes, I mean, stop for just a second and think about, unless you're driving, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and then do it at a red light. Um, but think about how much effort it would take to shift from from the electronic uh, the payments that we do all the time, whether that's credit card or online banking or whatever, and shift to an all cash kind yeah. of system. I mean, that would be... Yeah, I mean, because then again, you you have to you have to actually think about what you're doing, and I think I mean the same with the food you bring into your home. You know, if if it's not there, if you want a, a treat, if you want a, a something special, you have to think about what it is. You have to go get it. You have to prepare it in a way that doesn't happen if it's just there on the shelf and you're a whole column of Oreos deep before you realize <laughs> what you've done. Um, again, not, you know, not that that's ever happened to me personally. That has but. not happened to me. I'm always at least two columns deep before <laughs> yeah. I realize what's happened. Um, but, and again, you know, going back to the question you started with, what what's the significance of this story? It, it it brings up this idea that if we really want to serve God, it takes intentional effort more than just showing up, more than just mindlessly tossing five bucks into the plate, more than just treating. You had, you had used the phrase, um, or you, you know, you had talked about the idols we worship and in a way kind of like, treating the things of our faith as as good luck charms or um covering all our bases like well you know i'll get i'll get baptized because that's what the christian thing to do is but i'm gonna you know i'm gonna hedge my bets and make sure that i'm i not have doing anything against karma yeah right <laughs> um or, or you know or, or superstition or whatever whatever these other things are in our lives and we do it you know, those are our easy ones to pick from, but but we do it in really subtle ways too. We we assume that our effort will be good or that, you know, will be enough or, or we think like, well, I trust in God's grace, but I better but I better put five bucks in the plate because, you know, I wanna yeah. make sure that that I'm on the right side. You know, oh I you know, I I messed up a bit this week. Maybe I'll toss ten in this week just to be just to be safe. Um, it takes so much effort to truly reckon with our sinfulness and then tear down the things that distract us and keep us away and, and are not good for us. Um, we of course picked on a couple physical things, but, and honestly, I think in some ways those are the, the easier ones, but it's the, it's the envy and the greed and the um the pride in our lives that we have to constantly keep tearing down those idols Mm. and and reminding ourselves of who we are and who god is and remembering that god longs to be merciful and and we are not and and getting the lies that we're not good enough out of our life and also getting the lies that we're okay and compared to everyone else i'm doing just fine yeah too i mean all those things just take constant work and reminding that that we can't go too far in any one of those directions without falling into to pretty deep sin so i i would say though that i think some of those physical things because i think about um cell phones i think about Mm -hmm. electronic devices in particular i think they do get to something those things do particularly get to something deeper yeah because they the distraction that they provide Mm -hmm. in some ways i think it 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 drowns out that voice of the splitter that says you're not good enough and we're like i just don't want to listen oh for sure yeah because i hear it in my i hear it in my head all the time and so i'm just gonna pass the time and i'm going to do something that yeah um, you know, it's, it's just so easy to, and of course there's a certain sense in which like, okay, there are, there are PhDs in computer engineering and mm-hmm. psychology 
on the other ends of these devices, you know, how could we ever expect to win? Right, right. They were they are designed to make us addicted to them. Exactly. And they've done a very good job. They've done a phenomenal job. Like A++, folks. You get yeah. the gold star for cuz they set out they did what they set out to do. Um and it, it does take effort to um to deal with those things and to recognize that they aren't just I think so often we pass them off as mindless. Yeah. Like I'm just going to do something mindless. But really it's training our mind. Yeah. In a in a particular direction. And we need to recognize those those aspects too because I think we do absolutely I, I agree mm. with you on you know it's the envy, it's the pride, it's the greed yeah. um that that are so deep, but I think it's also that these things are discipling us in a certain way of thought, in a certain way of being that is not overtly evil. Yeah. But it's, or at least overtly what we think of as evil. Right. But when we define sin as, as something, doing something contrary to, to God or to, 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 you know, supplant God. I mean, these things have Oh yeah, yeah. supplanted so well. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, as I said, the the internal things are harder. I think maybe because they're not as noticeable and they're much sure. more internal. But you're right. I mean, I think of of the distraction even even when I'm aware of it, the distraction that um that that being constantly having my mind constantly entertained whether it's scrolling through facebook or tiktok or you know crushing candies which is zero like takes zero mind strength at all <laughs> um and and how that keeps me from how that's a barrier to a relationship with god and a relationship to the other people in my life that that you know that those little tiny and no one you know not although i'm sure I'm sure some would blame the breakup of relationships on devices. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, in my life, it, it's not major. It's not as if I never talk to my kids. But, you know, I think of the times in the car where I'll ask a question and I'll look back. I'm like, oh, everyone's on their device. No one is hearing me talk at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so so I'll put my my headphones in and, you know, distract myself in a different way. And, and just all these tiny little, you know, on one hand, it's a... It's a 15 minute car ride. It's not that big of a deal. You're and right. yet the cumulative effect of we haven't talked as a family in this long is, is significant. I even think about places. Uh, I, of course used to work at a grocery store mm -hmm. and the number of times that like, okay, if, if, if lines got deep, I'm th we just got through Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I worked a couple Thanksgivings in grocery that was intense. Yeah. Um, I walk, worked a couple Black Fridays in retail, so okay. I'm sure. Okay, yes, very similar, very similar. And, and you know, it's funny because, yeah, you could have some people that would be snarky and you want those people to be distracted. Um, <laughs> but you could also have those people that just understand the situation and they strike up conversations. Yeah. And you'll get customers who come up in line who were engaged with one another. Yeah. And so they're happy. And um, whereas, like, if you look at long lines now, almost everyone's looking at a phone. Yeah. And it's like, wow, we're all here, but we're not present. Right. We're, we're all here, but we're disconnected. Yeah. And um, doesn't, doesn't sin and Satan just love that. I mean, oh my gosh. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so funny because we, we spent a pandemic lamenting the Longing, fact that, yeah. that we weren't connected to one another. And then we go right back to, to it, it yeah. less than however many years later. Yeah. Okay. Almost even worse because now even the things we do have to connect us like Zoom and Teams and all that, we keep our cameras off and, and try to oh my gosh, avoid yeah. it, you know, I mean, no shade if, if you're a camera off kind of person because sometimes you don't want to be seen too. But, no, there, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, usually it's the background that I don't want to be, have seen. <laughs> yeah, so that's also true. Um, so I want to go back for just a second because y you, you talked about this idea of shifting from the idea that God is looking to get us 
to the idea that God is looking to show his mercy. And yeah. you, you, you said, what, what would that change? I want to go back to that for just a second, because that's a massive paradigm shift. It is. And, and as I said, I mean, you know, I, I, at the risk of, you know, revealing my own heart and mind, I mean, I've studied this stuff for years. And even like, I thought like, how do I think about God? How do I picture God? Do I always have the sense of a God who's disappointed in me? Me? Maybe, yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, it's almost like the idea. Of if you if you're familiar with uh, Tolkien's uh, The Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. God almost is like the Eye of Mordor that's yeah. just looking, yeah, and, and like searching and and sort of like when Frodo puts on the ring, like as soon as you do something wrong, it's like Frodo putting on the ring, and you, the eye just goes, zoom, yeah, and, and like oh, looks I saw at you. That. Yep. And we we really we in a way that the not in a way. I mean, the church reinforces that we tell kids. God knows your thoughts. God's always watching. God, you know, and I, I mean, I try hard to, to paint that in a positive light in, in, in that God is with you, not yeah. just watching. And I think you could, you could argue that those are two different things. Yes. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, we kind we do, we have this sense of, I have this sense of God just waiting sometimes for me to mess it up or to remind me over and over of all the things that I have messed up. And I think that's why so many people keep going back to sins that they've committed years and years and years ago, especially, you know, some of the things that you had mentioned before, drinking, drugs, sex, abortion, you know, these these huge things that we have painted as things that God can't get over (laughs) and, and we can't get over. Um, yeah that that if we if we really started to spin that mindset of god waiting to show mercy god waiting to forgive us god waiting for um to just shower us with grace true grace not the not the empty you know if you it's okay do what yeah do what you want and not you know if you confess to me i'll I'll give you grace, like not the grace with conditions either. That's not grace at all. How, how that might open up our, our reading of passages like this, our, our picture of how God, how Jesus interacted with the disciples and, and how we, how we, especially how we think about Advent, because even, even Advent, we, we talk about God coming into a cold, hostile world and not in the way we expect. But but we don't often lift up the, the sheer grace and beauty of of the idea that, that God came to be with us. Like God actually mm. wanted to come into that situation. It's not as if there was like, well, this is as good a time as any. The Israels are the Israelites are still in captivity. <laughs> May as well just get this thing started. That, you know, God wanted to to be God with us, Emmanuel. Um, and there's so much joy and peace in that, that we sacrifice when we, when we miss it, when we don't lift that up. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about the fullness of time. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's when God sent his son. Um, but I think, you know, I get that when you were talking about it, I was getting this, the, uh, the image since we're around holidays and, and, baking is mm-hmm. you know uh you know almost like the fullness of time when a pie is done yeah mm-hmm. and people are like oh it's yeah. time yeah you know that kind of fullness of time i think is what we ought to hear in that not just like the like, when like, when when things really hit rock bottom yeah when they really went down the toilet that's when god showed up yeah and but, that it's that second one that is so pervasive in, in even just the tone in which we read scripture and, and in, in some of the Christmas carols too, like, Oh, come, Oh, come Emmanuel. It's all falling apart. So God, come on. Like now's as good a time as any instead of that, that joy and that excitement. And assuming that God had that joy and excitement instead of like, all right, we got to do this now, but is it time yet? Is it time? Can we go now? Can we like, can we get it started? Uh, Yeah. Almost the sun setting there going, is it time? I'm ready. Send me. Put yeah. me in. Yeah. Um, and the father saying, "Not yet. They're not quite ready yet." Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a that's an interesting image. It is, and one that I think absolutely 
absolutely does get a, a scriptural account in, you know, I don't know so much Josiah because you definitely get the sense in Josiah that that God is like, there has to be some justice here. Yeah. Like, I, uh, you are not going to see this come to pass. Uh, I, I'm going to hold off for you, but there, there's a reckoning coming. Yeah. Um, and I think we even see that throughout throughout the story of Jesus as as the Pharisees and the, the church leaders are kind of put in in their place like there there are things coming that that you think you know what what the rules are and how things are going to go down but I'm going to turn them all on their head like mm. we still see that that sense of of turning of of switching things up of of judgment and justice but not in the way that we might expect well in the, on the old testament side i don't think a lot of people would expect this but on the old testament side the prophets yeah they do proclaim justice and judgment mm-hmm. uh, but they also proclaim some pretty amazing views of the world yeah. on the other side of it yeah like ones that that aren't simply just like all right you're gonna get punished and then yeah we'll bring you back yeah. but if you mess it up again it, they are like, yeah, the punishment is going to be awful, but there is something on the other side. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Um, and, you know, Isaiah talks about it. Jeremiah talks about it. You know, the end of Hosea where we were a couple weeks ago talked about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really pervasive. Like as, as large as the justice and the judgment comes in the prophecy of the Old Testament, the vision of a redeemed world is just as large, if not larger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we, again, we miss that. It's easy, it's easy to overlook that, I think, and to get, to get stuck in the judgment, to get stuck in the, the punishment that's coming. And if, you know, of course, then we say, but yay, Jesus, but it's not, it's not a genuine rejoicing in what, what God has done. It, it seems like, you know, like, yay, Jesus, isn't it great that someday we'll get to be in heaven, but for now, things still kind of stink, you yeah. know, that, that we, ha- we don't see the fulfillment and the promise and the, the grace and the great things on this side of, of eternity. And again, then that kind of turns our faith into good luck charms or idols or covering our bases, like, well, I'll believe in Jesus so that I can maybe escape eternal torment but but there's really it really has you know the faith really has nothing for me until i die so you're right i'm just gonna you know hang out for the next 30 or 40 or 50 years and hope that try to not that, be an yeah. awful person right yeah try to not be an awful person hope that i can raise a decent family and leave a decent leg- legacy um and, and yeah it, we it's easy to get stuck there, I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the, the encouragement in this uh, that I want to really emphasize to, to people is that, that we can read the Old Testament. It's going to have the scary judgment mm-hmm. parts, the justice parts, but we need that. And like you were saying at the beginning, we need to see that, but then we can also see the, the beautiful parts. And if you can't see that, get with someone who can read that with you who who has been through it yeah um because yeah and i think at different parts of our life we're more or less able to see that it, that you know there's there's seasons where it all makes sense and 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 we feel we can really focus on the grace of god and then and then there are seasons when we just can't get past how badly we've messed up and <laughs> yeah. how unworthy we are and and i think that's the beauty of being a part of the body of Christ is to have people further down the path of faith than you and, and surrounding you on all sides that can, can drag you along until a point where you can drag someone else along and support them and, and hold on to them and, and introduce others to, to the grace of God and, and to, to people who might help them realize that grace in their life. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, you got me thinking a little bit about the fact that so early on in my ministry um, at my church in Rock Island, Illinois, had someone who who uh, 
who who for several weeks, months, you know, in a row would say, you just keep reminding me about how much we suck as people. <laughs> I'm like, but it's not just that. Yeah. And, and what I didn't understand, I think at the time, because I very much nervously, I'm like, wait, wait, that's not, ah, I don't want you, is that that's part of the story that needs to be heard. Yeah. And uh, that if you, if we don't under, start to understand that, Sort of like not under, uh, like not understanding the the justice of God. If we don't understand the depth of our sin, then we don't understand the depth of of the grace, or, or we can't appreciate the depth of the grace then, as well. And this person has come to to very much understand the grace of God and how wonderful it is. Um, and so I, you know, it. I think at the end of the day that what I'm doing is reinforcing your point, just that that it shows us the 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 depth of our need and then the the depth of of who god is and that's a that's a wonderful thing and we don't need to be afraid of exploring those those parts of ourselves that are going to be frightening um, yeah and frankly are actually worse than we think they are yeah yeah which I, is not encouraging <laughs> no no but i i think about it like like kind of any mental work or growth spiritual emotional otherwise you have to you have to reckon with the dark parts you have to be willing to sit in the mess in the in the sticky hard things to to really as you said appreciate what's on the other side to to understand the depth of growth that you're you're capable of the depth of God's grace that that we're capable of experiencing that you can't to not to not ever reckon with the the hard sinful yucky parts robs us of truly understanding who God is yeah and and to to connect to your point earlier about sometimes the church is a is a difficult place for people who are experiencing those thoughts you know one of the other ideas in this passage is that that there is grace grace in the midst of evil yeah, uh, you know Josiah was one person in the midst of a really sinful society, mm-hmm. like really sinful society, yeah. really wicked society. Um, yet at the same time, God is willing to to bestow grace on it on the society that that frankly, if you read the account of Manasseh, as you put it, no one would be <laughs> no one would be upset if God were like, you know what? Yeah we're just we're done here yeah burn it all down forget it yeah like if this is the way you're going to behave if i'm out and i'm also leaving no trace of you in the process yeah yeah we and we get that i mean because how often do we do that to relationships or situations or or whatever that you know this is when we look at something and say this is beyond repair you've run out of chances i can't help you anymore um you know as i think about being a parent and you know the the temptation and sometimes the reality of saying, forget it. The special thing is canceled. We're not going. You're right. We can't like we can't conduct ourselves like normal human beings. We're out. <laughs> we're, you know, or or to say to a relationship, you know, especially at this time of year as we consider all the all the family dynamics and and how many families I know of personally that have gone no contact with an in law or a, a sibling or whatever that that we wouldn't blame God for just saying, I'm done. I can't, I can't bear this. I can't tolerate this. I won't be treated this way. I mean, cause that, that's so often our perspective when we break off relationships, yeah. I won't be treated this way. I won't. And I can't myself. even be around someone who would. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, we wouldn't have had the story ended there or at least the story of Israel ended there. Yeah, I can, I I can see it. All right. They got what they deserved. Kind of on your side, God. They're, they're really bad. Um, But yet it's, it's precisely on, in in the midst of this, that grace shines through and it's, it's in the midst of this, like we want grace to go to the good people. And yet God is, is freely giving it in the midst of wickedness that we just can't even fathom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know I mentioned a couple times in the sermon, but, but child sacrifice, like that's, yeah. that's the depths to which yeah. they've gone. Well, and I, th- I mean, I think of even, even now in our own society, how there are certain crimes, there are certain things that, that even like 
the whole society pretty much agrees this is no good. This, you know, I think of. We even put it on the beginning of Law and Order SVU. Well, yeah. And, like we say that outright. Like, yeah. We view this as particularly heinous. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. You know, crimes against children. Um, the the incredible violation that comes with assault and abuse. And like there are certain things that just the whole society is like, you know, no, not going to not going to not even going to pretend that that's remotely okay. I mean, there are plenty of other things that we, we do put a positive spin on where we probably shouldn't, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this society had all those things, had all the, the markers of, of one that, that rightfully should have been probably wiped off the face of the earth. And yet the goodness of, of God in, again, balanced with the justice. It's not as if, God turned away and said, eh, it's okay. Keep, oh, you got one keep, person. Yeah. yeah, keep sacrificing your kids. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but God's grace still is is kind of mind-blowing in this yeah. story. So. Yeah, for sure. Lots in there about, about God's character and about who we are in the presence of God. I mean, just not... Uh, not something that you get in every in every passage. Like I think of the woman caught in adultery, and yeah. you, know, you go, "Oh, yeah, that was bad. Don't do that." Yeah. Um, but this just kind of shows the depth of our sin. Yeah. Um, in a way that that some of those things we've almost papered over in a way to be like, oh. yeah, we we are really good at at making at least on the surface, at least in our words and. And in our in our interactions with others, making it seem like, well, you're not that bad. You're okay. It's fine. You're just doing whatever other. You're no different than any other yeah. human. Of course, you struggle with that. You're human. You're only human. Um, and as we kind of said before, and I think it was before we started recording that that Satan uses that Satan uses both sides of that. That in those more, both related to pride, but, you know, in those moments when we think we're not so bad, we, you know, we're, we're acceptable to God. Satan's like, yeah, yeah, you are. You're not that bad. You're fine. You're good. But yeah. in those moments when we, we really reckon with our sin and think God couldn't possibly love me, Satan is also like, yeah, yep, nope, God's not going to love you. You're right. You're, you're unlovable. You're unredeemable. Don't, don't even try. Yeah. Al- almost the, um. Uh, the amplifier to our, to whatever, mm. to whatever's coming out of our prideful nature. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Lots of. <laughs> yeah. Lots of uplifting, great stuff, but, <laughs> but good to, good to reckon with during Advent. Uh, I think. Yeah. We forget that that's a penitential season. Yeah. We, we have turned it into preparation for Christmas and, and. In, in a, in a materialistic sort of way though. Right. And a and a get happy sort of way. Yeah, in a, a holly jolly like, make sure to send out your Christmas cards and make sure your kids have an elf and and all these traditions to assign meaning. But really, in doing that, we miss the actual meaning of of waiting and and grappling and and thinking about the 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 grace of God and the depth of sin and the justice that God had to satisfy. And the fact that it was, it, it was our sin. It was my sin, your sin. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to us, your sin as well. Um, that, that necessitated the incarnation, yeah. like that beautiful picture of the Madonna, which with child is, is only necessary because of our sin. Yeah. And, th- and that's a hard thing to reckon. Yeah. It is. I know the last time we recorded, I'd mentioned the the preschool lesson that we did. And and I got to look at each preschooler and say, if you were the little lost sheep, Jesus would come for you. And and that was a happy and and loving thing. But it's it's harder to look at each three year old face and go because of your sin, Mm. Jesus came for you. And and it's every bit as beautiful, but. It's harder. It's harder to 
to reckon with. And I mean, and I've been around three-year-olds. I know that they're sinful too, but you know, as, <laughs> as you're looking at these bright piercing eyes and saying, yeah, you've messed, you've already messed it up and you're going to keep messing it up so much. <laughs> you that, need a savior. Yeah. That you, that your sin requires, requires this. And, and I know that's a hard, I know substitutionary atonement is hotly debated these days because we don't like that idea. We don't, we don't like the idea of someone having to die on our behalf. And yet to me, there's beauty in the fact that God loved me enough to do that. And yeah. so, you know, I, I know, I think sometimes the way modern culture and modern church has applied substitutionary atonement can be hard, but, but ultimately how, how great a picture of God's grace that, that, as I said before, we're not the ones that have to solve the problem of, of God's justice and right. God's grace, that, that God did that for us. Yeah, and that, I mean, that goes to my point that, that you know, we need a just God. There, mm-hmm. there has to be something that is done with the violence of this world. Yeah. You know, we might not be the ones holding a rifle in Ukraine or in, you know, Gaza, but what happens to all that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, does God just say, meh? I don't, I would like to not serve a God who does that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who's dispassionate about that. I mean, that's, um, and you know, cause anyway, that, that could be a whole, we're too far into this to to open up a whole nother line of discussion. (laughs) But I guess, I mean, I guess I bring that up to say that it's, it's not simple and it's not neat and it's not no. comfortable and it's not easy to to grapple with with all of these things and and who God is and who we are and who the Israelites were and who even who the prophets were and the kings were as you said you know Josiah is one of the few who is mentioned and and commended without exception without like two eh, yeah two. two okay there are two um you know so often we get he was a, he was a pretty good king except for that whole you know cheating thing or the whole you know murdering someone on the front lines kind of thing you know we, that these are all complicated people and we're complicated people yeah too and we serve a complex com, complicated complex god and there's beauty in that but it also twists our brains and our hearts around a bit too yeah yeah absolutely Wow, good discussion. Yeah. Good discussion. And I hope you, if you're listening, that you find um, hope and that you find not simple answers, but complete answers. Because I don't think the answers are, are terribly simple, uh, this side of glory, but they are they are complete enough to, to put our hearts and our souls at rest um, through the grace of Jesus. Um, to that end, if you have found this episode helpful— you know, please leave a rating and a review, you know, share this with others and, and have a discussion with them about the grace of Jesus Christ so they, they can discover that for themselves and so that they can find um, peace in a, in a way that, that just doesn't come in this world. Click the subscribe button as well. Uh, that way, whenever we release a new podcast, because uh, it's been really irregular here lately, that way you can get it whenever these come down the pike. We really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate you sharing and leaving comments, and, and feel free to send us comments at any time. But until next time, I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And we hope that this helps you connect Sunday to the weekday.